Welcome back to Wake Up Winden, where I luckily watched the last episode of The Performers the day before they pulled it off HBO Max. And I am your host, Brian Hickey. Welcome back, everybody. Uh, if you're just joining us for the first time, this is going to be our last episode covering The Performers. But we have covered every episode before, if you're interested in checking that out. So you can go back in the archives and look at that. And uh, what a doozy of a season, everybody. I really loved it. They took a lot of swings. I really wish it was still on HBO Max. That kind of stinks that they took that off. Didn't get a chance to rewatch it before I'm going to come on here, so bear with me. I'm going to do the best I can on this one. Just kind of glad I watched it before they pulled it. But I know a lot of people had it on their wish list, their checklist. Uh, sad that a lot of people won't be able to see it. I know, so I was trying to follow it. I just saw it. I saw on the Beforeiner subreddit people were talking about how it was going to be pulled off HBO Max, and then I checked. Sure enough, it was true. At least in the United States, that's uh, that's been what's happening. I'm not sure. Uh, does Discovery Plus have an app? I'm not entirely up to speed with Discovery Plus and all the goings on with um, with the negotiations and what happened with that. It kind of came out of nowhere. Uh, maybe if you're more in the in the know of the TV biz, you might have heard something about this, but I was uh, caught unaware, but just as fate had, I did happen to watch the finale before, so that was lucky, but yeah, it stinks. Um, so anyway, let's, uh, let's talk about the season and the episode. This is the last one, and you know, I covered Dark, and... Uh, that show had a lot of time travel and a lot of complicated familial relations, I think I can say without spoiling the show too much. And I think just it's funny funny how it worked out, picking the Beforeiners. I mean, I knew it was up my alley, and I knew it was sim had similar themes to Dark, but just I, I, can, I can tell a lot of similarities, especially with the part uh, uh, with Lars being Elfielder's grandfather... Yeah, yeah, that's right. Elf, Lars is Elfielder's grandfather, and it's just absolutely. Shy. I I was calling. We were calling it right in the episode five. We were calling it at the end of uh, episode five, and we'd seen. I had seen some theories on Reddit. I can't take full credit for it, but uh, once I read that, I was like, okay, that is definitely going to happen. All that connects, and then of course we get confirmation at the end of this episode via Precious Clark and Alex's conversation. So. That is going to be kind of fascinating. If season three comes back, do you think that we'd get up to the point where uh, she's going to go missing? You know, Alfielder and uh, do we? We don't get a name. Did we get a name? You know, again, here's here's where I'm going to be embarrassed uh, by not watching. I don't think we got a name yet for for the daughter. So, kind of think. Kind of seems like she gets her name, Alfielder, in the. Uh, in the past, right? That that makes more sense, right? She probably will have a more modern name, and Alfielder is the name that she got in the past. I think that's how it works. And if I totally missed that, apologies on that. But yeah, so Alfielder is, uh, we see that she's a 25% match with uh, Lars, meaning that Lars is going to be her grandfather. So we'll get into all of it. We'll go back, uh, we'll go back to the beginning of the episode, what was happening. Uh, of course, had to mention last week we had Jack the Ripper and Alfielder had a bit of a clash, and that caused the space uh, rift in the space-time continuum. It led us to the vision we saw with the Volva, 
uh, if you remember, uh, you know, the cocaine-inspired blood sacrifice uh, that uh, led to Olaf being the director of a prestigious church choir. He, uh, he, it happens, uh, where, uh, he's, in this, in this alternate world, uh, Olaf is gonna have, like, a TV special where he's the director of a choir, and, uh, he, he gets to lead it, and he, he does, like, a lot of the, 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 the leader of, like, a middle management person, like, he shouldn't have to be doing this, he's, like, telling a poor girl to, like, spray tan, uh, with eczema, it's just horrible, she can't do it, and, uh, but he's, like, he's, like, really micromanaging, like, he wants, uh, He's doing the work of like a producer, I guess you'd say. I guess, I guess it's kind of a weird thing to aspire to be, if I'm if I'm being honest. If it's like a, you know, ten hundreds king, but you know, you know, maybe that's just what his soul wanted to do—be a director, a producer. So, uh, no. Anyway, so let's let's talk about it for real. Uh, we are in a, actually kind of a, a joke because uh, it's an alternate. Uh, it's an alternate uh, universe where it's kind of like a Christian theocracy in Norway, and uh, a little bit scary, a little bit uh, too close to what, uh, a little bit too close to reality in some ways, and Olaf, though, I mean, of course, it goes much further than anything we could hopefully contemplate. Very interesting opening credit scene, because we have Ain't No Love in the Heart of the City, but we have it in the uh, alternate universe edition, and, you know, we get a lot of, like, world building in these shots, right? God is good uh, banner. Um, we have public punishments reminded me a ton of The Handmaid's Tale, right? But even like worse, it's like the guy's got his like wrists and like head and like kind of like that uh, like piratey kind of contraption that you'd be like you'd be stuck in. But they weren't like beheading him or yet. He's just kind of like sitting there getting punished. Extremely rough stuff in this world. Uh, we get Alex in this episode uh, is kind of part of the lead into the episode and Alex we I, I was pretty surprised actually that he's become such a major character he was really a bit player throughout the first season and you know we were noticing he was a little suspect in this season because of just talking with the British police but we knew there had to be something more right because you know what is in it for him right is it money well it turns out he's like a time traveling agent right he's like a time uh, trans temporal agent and he's working with Precious Clark and the British authorities, and they seem to be backed by powerful people uh, who can cover things up. But uh, we see he gets kind of like lowered into a thermal reactor, and this is after he signs a uh, contract, uh, like you know, like a standard HR contract, like uh, that. You know, it's probably not going to be their fault if something happens to him. I had to translate what it meant, and it was like a willing consent form. Again, come on. The foreigners, well, I guess HBO, I should be criticizing, but it's not even on there anymore, so, but get your subtitles right, come on. Especially for the written stuff. Alex and the Volva in this world are seemingly the only people that kind of are in the know about what's going on, and I guess you could say Jack the Ripper and, to a lesser extent, Olaf as well, but nobody else seemingly knows about the other worlds, not even Lars, the shaman, it seems like. So, uh, Alex is going to be a key figure in this. Uh, there's a bit of a problem uh, after Alfielder fends off uh, a man. I think he was like peddling contraceptives, if I remember correctly. Uh, she uh, does end up meeting with Alex. He, uh, she had gone to work. Let me back up. Like when the "Ain't No Love in the Heart of the City" comes on, she had been on her way to work, and 
Uh, it turns out there, like, uh, there is no love in the heart of the city for the vulva and with, uh, you know, she seems to be in the city center. The vulva and uh, <laughs> the king do not have any love for Elfielder. They're trying to, like, hunt her down and kill her because basically she can, uh, you know, thwart them. She's the only thing that will get them back to that car crash. You know, the flashes of blood and uh, calamity that the vulva is experiencing. So we do... Uh, we do see Alf going to work. Now, she does have a job at the police station, but she is no longer a member of the police force. She is a member of the custodial staff. And she finds that out after going in, and <laughs> Chief Harold is leading, like, the Christian song. That's part of uh, the police initiatives there in this world. So he's leading a song. He's so happy to be doing it. He's perfect for this part. And everybody's like, uh, do we know you? Wenke... All too happy to be mean to Alf Fielder again. Just the actress just living it up. Uh, getting to uh, treat uh, Alf Fielder as if she was like uh, something rotten on uh, the bottom of her shoe. And, uh, you know, she gets uh, she gets shown to her uh, her new station. I think it's uh, the floor downstairs she has to go. But uh, she recognizes Alex. She tries to get his attention. And he's like, not now. He'll meet later. So she does meet up with him, right? But Alex is in bad shape. Something's gone terribly wrong uh, with him. And he's, like, coughing up blood. And you can see on the other side, the people who are working in the lab with Alex in the thermal reactor, they're like, oh, his levels are really dangerous. We're going to have to pull him out. Uh, you know, who knows what could happen to him if he ends up dying in there. Maybe he dies in real life, too. So it seems like the stakes are high for him. So, But he does manage <laughs> to tell her. It's kind of like tropey, right? He's like, you have to... The key is... The key is, and then, like, you're like, come on, who is it? I, I, he gets to spit out, like, the key is finding him. And it's like, ah, who is him? Uh, you know, you're pretty sure it's, like, Jack the Ripper, right? But maybe, maybe Lars, you're thinking, maybe in the back of your head. But, uh, Elfielder still doesn't, like, doesn't put it together. You know, some cop work, right? No, but she, uh, she, she is gonna go on a bit of a journey that we're gonna follow her through this episode. And see what's going on in this alternate scary universe. Yeah, he has, she has to find him and make time whole are the only instructions she gets from Alex. And I should mention that the crosses have ears is something that he said. So that's why they, they meet outside, like kind of listening devices and the crosses. Very nefarious, very very scary stuff. So I was mentioning uh, the King Olaf choir scene. That's what he, that's what uh, happens next. We, we cut to him and he's, uh, you know, producing the shit out of the show. Uh, just trying his best to get it to look TV ready. Uh... So, but yeah, he is terrible. He's quite awful. Uh, Volva is, you know, you kind of see, like, the hypocrisy, right? Because, like, it seems like they've banned, like, certain sanitary products in this world, but the Volva's still getting them delivered to her by uh, Olaf's men from the black market, right? So you see that hypocrisy going on here. Uh, it's interesting when you see the Volva is on the money, right? Uh, because we have Tor Hunt's followers that Elfield ends up meeting with. No Torhund in the alternate universe, which I thought was kind of a bummer, but it was, uh, we do get him later on uh, in the current world, in the modern world, uh, the real, the real world, I guess you'd say, the real world is Torhund. Uh, but anyway, Torhund was beheaded in this world, and Alf is with his followers, and, you know, she's getting riled up, she's getting them riled up, uh, they're gonna go charge the queen, uh, it's a pretty ill-fated plan, if I do say so myself. Uh, doesn't seem like it's going to get very far. 
Uh, but she does storm, like, the prison and the queen's palace. And she's like, hey, queen, queenie, queenie, come out, come out, come out wherever you are, queenie. And she's, like, really taunting her. Uh, they're not taken to that too kindly. Uh, she does get a good headbutt in before she gets captured, uh, as is the case uh, in most Elfielder heists. When she's in prison, the vulva comes to ask Elfielder why she's in the realm. Uh, and she kind of lets Elfielder know that she's not evil. She's just a humble sorceress who sees an opportunity. Uh, you know, the car crash kind of left her shooketh. And uh, it's very, she's very scared of Elfielder. I don't know why she just doesn't kill her there. Uh, uh, Lara, she like has a conversation with Olaf uh, about how he Elfielder must die, and he kind of doesn't get it. I don't know if this is the scene where he's wearing glasses, but I love when he's wearing glasses uh, in the in the bedroom. Uh, and uh, it's just like I don't get why she just didn't say like, all right, off with her head right away. Uh, they have no problem. It seems like bending the law to their will, or they have no problem, like you know, like punishing people in brutal ways in the streets so like what's to stop her from doing this right now uh maybe she needs like the king's decree and he's like yeah come on i'll get to it tomorrow i'm busy just i've got i've got the, got the show to produce here all right a lot's going on got a long backlog uh, uh so predictably uh Elfielder is gonna break out right and she does so with the help of odin uh and another another mysterious character but the uh, Odin character that we've seen Lars talking to throughout the season that I have been pretty sure is just like an imaginary figment of Lars' imagination. But when we first saw, or so when we first see uh, Odin in this, I'm like, oh, that is Lars. I just thought, I just thought that, that was going to be Lars in this, in this world. And like, that's how, that's how maybe I'll feel to seeing her. I don't know. I just, I just had like Lars connections with her. But it's only like a tie-in to lead us to Lars in this world. Uh, Lars is a little bit different in this world. I mean, he's just kind of like let go of the rope, right? Uh, he never became a cop in this world. He is a shaman of sorts. Uh, he seems to be having more fun than a lot of people in the world, though. He is uh, in bed with two women at this at this part of the episode. And uh, he's doing his temproxate, right? Uh, he's going to do that in any world, it seems like. Uh, but Alfielder is going to pay him a visit. And she needs to kind of go, she needs to like know how to make time hole, fix what's going on. And to accomplish this goal, uh, Lars is going to need a blood sacrifice because, of course, we need a blood sacrifice. Just it's so visceral looking at like the palm getting cut. So bothersome. Just like, oh, God, hurt so much. Uh, so after the blood sacrifice happens, he tells her that the kill, finding the killer is key. And it's like, duh. Okay, like if it wasn't going to be Lars, who else was going to be Elfielder? So she is going to, uh, that's going to lead her on a search for Jack the Ripper. And uh, luckily she uh, does work at a police station. And even though she doesn't, you know, quite have her own computer access, she's able to go to Wenke's computer station. And here's where her, you know, listening to stories and stories of Anton the cat come into handy be, come in handy because she's able to just type anton in all lowercase letters as the password now uh maybe in this uh alternate world passwords aren't as stringent maybe it's uh maybe thieves aren't as uh smart but come on this there's to be a stronger security right this wouldn't fly uh at least like anton anton one two three with like an exclamation point or something right like uh 
you know, like, uh, make uh, Anton with a zero, right? Like, uh, there should have been all sorts of possibilities. I wish he would have, like, struggled a few times and at least tried a few different things. Uh, but that might be a very weird nitpick. So sorry about that. Uh, so anyway, she's able to hack into Wenke's computer. She gets footage of Jack the Ripper. Because, you know, they're, of course, they're uh, still working on a case in the other world. And one of the murders that has happened here was uh jack the ripper of course and she's able to locate him due to some security uh security videos and she's able to like locate him on this pier on a dock so we go out to the dock and she's met up with him and he's still on this idea of the fish finding the first fish and killing it and that's going to solve every problem because there'll be no suffering because people will never have been born uh, but then no good things will happen either, Jack. You know, what about, like, Harry Potter? No, I'm just, I'm just kidding. That was lame. Uh, what, you know, like, uh, come on, man. Come on. Sunday mornings with a newspaper? Some coffee? Oh, man. Jack the Ripper is going to cancel all that for us? I don't like that. You know, memes? Ice cream? All right, sorry, I'm just naming random things now. Anyway, once it becomes clear that Outfielder is not going to be on his side and Outfielder is switching into battle mode, Jack the Ripper is saying, you know, the battle doesn't take place here. And in the other world, he stabs Outfielder and it's really, really shocking. And you're like, oh no, Outfielder, what are you going to do? Don't, Jack the Ripper. Uh, but uh, after struggling for a few seconds on the ground and uh, we have uh, Jack the Ripper just sitting there so calmly because in... Uh, his world, she's like writhing in pain, like holding her neck as if she has been stabbed in the neck, just like what happened to her in the other world. And then uh, what ends up happening, though, is Outfielder, she is superhuman, right? Like, she has those superhuman powers. She gets up and she stabs him. Uh, she is not to be denied. She stabs Jack the Ripper in the back, and he collapses on the pier. And this is what ends up making the world whole again. And she's done it. Uh, hooray. Uh everything go back to normal uh the only question is is outfielder okay so uh lars uh they get there on the scene she's lost a ton of blood they get her in an ambulance and we cut to a scene where she's all fully recovered in a very funny scene because uh, the doctor's telling lars you know she might be on her feet within a you know six weeks and a lot of hard work and rehab and she's like already out of her feet getting uh soda out of <laughs> out of the vending machine and burping just kind of like reminded me of like a simpsons bit i did i was laughing at that lars is like would you say it's a good sign that she's already up on her feet the doctor's like what the what the deuce so uh you know this is a good lead-in for lars and elfielder to have a conversation and it's a doozy it's a big one so we get a little bit of a, a cleaning up of some of the details here. So Jack the Ripper's dead, right? John Roberts found dead in the train station. Uh, everybody believes that this the killings were the work of just a uh, psychotic man who has lost it, and and they're covering up Project Nineteen, right? So you know they're speculating they must have some powerful backers, and they also talk about Alex and because I'll feel her like would like to talk to him, right? Like she's knows that he had the experience being in the alternate worlds as well. Probably like to follow up with them, right? Like, they could have a hell of a podcast if they were talking about what was going on there. But uh, Lars says nobody's seen him. Apparently he's had a stroke, a pretty nasty one as well. Um, as they are talking about him, 
uh, the news kind of mentions Olaf and the vulva and the car crash and uh, that Olaf had cocaine in his system uh, and you know uh, it's uh, it's, you know it's, uh, it's uh, it makes Elfiel, uh, it makes him ask Elfield like are these friends of yours um, and it leads her to tell uh, Lars about her origin story or at least what she thinks is her origin story uh, she said she was like a foundling uh, she's found by Tor Hun's men uh, and she ended up living there uh, but she had an orange life jacket and she was from the from the future right from the from the current present day that we know uh, Lars is like oh my god <laughs> and that like uh, but like uh, Harold comes in I believe and interrupts them and you know they're getting kudos and stuff but Alfielder she wants to visit Alex and Haroldson still like no 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 or Harold's like no we're not going to do that absolutely not so he's still uh, no he, he can't have visitors he's too ill so he walks away and they get to continue their conversation and you know like Alfielder's like I thought you'd be like more up on these details Lars but he's a little bit, you know, out of it at the moment because he's going to be a grandfather. Uh, boy, it's you. Surprise. Surprise, Lars. It's you. Or surprise, Outfielder. You're going to be born soon. Uh, and Lars is, like, explaining this to her. She's congratulating him. Yada, yada, yada. She does this. Uh, uh, when... Uh, She's like, you, uh, Ingrid's pregnant? Uh, with who? And he's, or, or, like, she's like, not with Sterla Anderson. And he's like, yeah, with Sterla. And she's like, Skeeter. And he's like, Skeeter, indeed. I really like Skeeter as a swear word. That's a, it's a good one. I should start uh, adopting it. A little little less crude, I think. A few more scenes to tidy up. We have uh, Elfielder going to visit Torhund. He's make, making fish and drying them in like a... A drying cabinet that he like talks about how they have uh, contemporary noises that he <laughs> that he can't put outside because it makes too much noise. Uh, but uh, it's good to see like these Tor Hunts free for now because like he really didn't do anything in this in, in this case. Uh, but Alfielder is telling him that the vulva is the key to uh, clearing his name, right? Um, and if not, like he could go away for a long time. So um, kind of like something to watch for for Tor Hunt in season three. Bit of a quiet season for Torhund. Uh, he was much more heavily involved in season one. This one, they got a lot of Olaf involved, and he kind of took a backseat, I'd say, to Olaf. So be interesting to see. I mean, he's still alive. He's still part of the cast. So if uh, Discovery Plus or whoever's making the Foreigners now can uh, get to it, it's like, and I've seen like I've seen like more indications that there will be a season three than not, uh, just from like just from like reading forums online it seems like they're trying to get money together for it so hopefully everything would be a go for that um but uh anyway Torhund uh hopefully like we'll get a little bit more of him next season too so we're seeing a lot of montages towards the end of the episode um and we have like Ingrid and the blended family going to the ultrasound and while this is happening Elfielder is visiting the site of the crash right of Olaf and uh, the vulva, and she's looking and she ends up finding the cross, right? And it was the cross that was hers as a daughter, as a, as a, as a girl. And she, there's kind of like a flashback to like Elfielder sleeping and the vulva seals the cross from her back in the past. So that was, uh, that was too bad. Uh, <laughs> but it kind of like, is like interspliced with 
this happening where we're about to see Precious Clark, we're about to learn the truth of where Alfielder, in fact, got the cross, right? And it's because Lars is, uh, she's going to be born to, yeah, she's going to be born to Ingrid. And she got that cross from, you know, like uh, the guy, they're, they're pretty devout, right? Marie and uh, what's her name? Uh, the Greg, Gregors, how can I forget Gregors? Marie and Gregors seem like a pretty devout Christians, so maybe like some influence for Ingrid there. Uh, Sturla, if he's King Olaf's man, and I guess he's still alive, right? Even though Olaf said Sturla's still alive, so he'd probably be a Christian as well, so that makes sense that she would get that cross, right? Uh, so she has, the, she has the cross, and just absolutely wild that we're going to have Lars be her grandfather, and I really like that the show is taking swings like this, and you know, just like Dark had uh, some incredible swings and some incredible character connections and things that make you go, ew, gross. Uh, it's uh, it's very, very, uh, <laughs> very, very complicated, very tricky. Uh, but it is good writing and uh, good realization at the end of the episode to see that that was coming. So uh, that is kind of a wrap on season two. I really, really liked. I really liked that they made the worlds bigger and that they're really going for it, because you know we had like the time travel be introduced that they were coming from three different sets, but uh, uh, three different time periods. But how could they expand it more? And with the Jack the Ripper the time timeline, uh, and uh, going to another country, and then also like introducing this like I don't know. I guess you'd say like manual time travel or like willing time travel where you could change the past i guess it makes sense like i don't know i was like always wondering like why are they trying to keep this under wraps so much i was like because it would be an effing disaster right if people are trying to go back and uh they'd be trying to change the past all the time and if it's not the whatever happened happened uh version of time travel uh some disastrous results results would be happening right people disappearing left and right uh just because you know some small things were changed maybe you know, a couple never meets. So, um, time travel, it is always complicated, right? Uh, it's always complicated in, you know, any piece of media, film, TV, books, because, you know, you always feel like you could write yourself out of it. It's like a Deus Ex Machina. You could, like, uh, the rules could be bent to, like, the author or the writer's, the writer's whims. So, it can be very tricky, but uh, it is always kind of fun. I like shows that have, like, alternate universes and um, I think it was done well. I think I think it was done well. I think it was a really good season. Uh, and, you know, for people who've watched it, I haven't heard a lot of negative... I haven't heard a lot of negative things. I haven't, like, seen, like, a bad review. I just don't think a lot of people know it's out there. And it's, it's a shame that it's not going to be on HBO Max because that's a pretty accessible uh, website, pretty mainstream, and it's a spot where there are a ton of good shows where you kind of trust HBO, right? So to have it pulled off there is a bit of a blow. Uh, I think for the show, I think I think that stinks. But um, I'm be curious to know how it does um, a in Norway and b maybe just a larger. I don't know on a global level. Be curious to see how how well it performs uh, versus how well it performed in the U.S. The world could expand more in season three too. They've opened themselves up for it be nice to get even a few more episodes, too, to kind of flesh things out a little bit more. Uh, I, I, I like, you know, eight to ten episodes. I know some people like like the shorter seasons, but eight to ten episodes I like. Uh, Dark was in that region, so that was pretty cool. But 
Uh, just happy that I've gotten to cover this show, uh, that we will be finishing it up. And uh, I think a show that should be seen by more people. One of the things I really love about the show is the opening credits that they always have such cool, you know, like tracking shots going through the world and different signs and different, uh, you know, nuggets that you could pick up if you watch it time and time again. Different characters like appear throughout the opening credits, like where they're in like uh, just uh, like a lot of different scenes. Like there's a guy in the tree in the first episode, and then you see him pop up random times during the intros as well. And then uh, the song is really good too, and it's uh, such an interesting choice for the show too. Uh, you know, just for like a Norwegian show to use "Ain't No Love in the Heart of the City," I think it's pretty cool, and uh, it's uh, it really like takes you into the world. So it's one of the uh, strong parts. It's something that you could never skip, right? Like it's a, it's an intro that you can't skip in this show. Uh, and I think a lot of times I love skipping the intro and in songs. I don't even care if it's like a good one. It's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I just want to get to the, <laughs> I just want to get to the new stuff. So, but for this stuff, I like, I liked how they did it. So I, that's a big compliment for the show. I'm wondering if in season three, Al Fielder's superpowers would deepen, um, or maybe she like gets a better grasp about what she can do because she kind of only realized she could speak English like after a certain point, and I guess she did practice a little bit, but maybe she just has the ability to learn super fast as well. But, uh, you know, hopefully it's not done in like a cheesy way where she's just like able to solve every problem because she's a superhuman. But uh, it could could lead to some interesting things. Could also go down the wrong rails too. So it'd be interesting to see how how far they go with that. Uh, but there's me no more King Olaf, no more Volva. So there is some uh, room for some more characters. Wonder if Sterla will be more involved in the season. Uh, yeah, get that guy in prison. Uh, but but uh, we'll see. We'll see what happens with them. Yeah, I think like a big thread in season three would probably be like there's probably gonna be a time jump. If I if I if I could write if I could write it, there has to be a time jump to the time when Alfielder gets lost, right? And you know you could live through those weeks and like see what's happening both in the present and in the past. And I think that would be kind of a cool way to do that. So if they could somehow finagle their way to like being in like the middle of season three and we are at a point where, you know, she actually gets lost in the present time, I think that would be fascinating. And I think I think that's something that, you know, almost has to happen if they do season three. So uh, that's just a little prediction if they do end up coming back. No more Jack the Ripper either. So we'll need a new villain maybe in the Neo-Luddite community. Um, I mean, that's still out there, right? There's always still, like, the cover-up of P-19, and uh, there ha there is, like, that backdrop that, like, Lars and Elfielder understand, right? And I love that, like, Elfielder can, like, tell Lars all the stuff about the alternate worlds, and it's like, yeah, Lars Lars is totally on board with it. He <laughs> totally gets what's... totally believes it. Uh, and he should, because, like I said, time travel happens in this world, so, like, why wouldn't they believe... Uh, why would people be s skeptical to believe stuff like Jack the Ripper is back? Uh, is back? I was like, yeah. He like might have lived in that time period, and that's something uh, we know people can time travel. So yeah, could absolutely happen. Uh, so just <laughs> found that little there's you know, little inconsistencies uh, with the show that uh, are fun to pull, point out. But overall, it's very excellent. I definitely recommend it to anybody, especially if you're like a sci-fi fan, and uh, to people who like dark. Because I know there's a ton of people who like dark, and I do think if you like dark, you'd like this show. So um, I'm gonna keep recommending it to people. But I wanted to say thank you to everybody who tuned into the coverage of the Beforeners. 
going to try to come back next week with the pod. I am taking a brief vacation, but we'll see if I can get another episode out about about what. I'm not sure yet, but I am uh, looking to keep going with this. So even if I'm off a week, I'm looking to be back, back soon. So uh, stay subscribed to Wake Up Winden to see what is coming next. Uh, thank you so much for being uh, with me throughout throughout the uh, throughout the Beforeners, and uh, if you've been with us for Dark and Equinox, and uh, even uh, what's that other show, Tribes of Europa, thank you so much. You guys rock. So hope you have a wonderful day, and I'll talk to you guys soon. Bye bye.